Live and in person. I know. It's it's strange. We did this once for a bonus episode, I think. Yes. For our short-lived Patreon. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, Moment of silence. Yeah, usually we're recording from different states, from different yes. time zones. Famously, yes. we'll be recording from across the country shortly, <laughs> and then our Bicoastal. podcast will end. No, no, um, no. I got another... Another message from a listener who's like, please don't end this podcast. It's the Shelby, only thing that your, brings me joy. Your mom has to stop <laughs> emailing us. Um, yeah, so we're recording in the same room. Yeah. So if the vo- if the quality is slightly different, it's because we're using yeah. one microphone. I know. It's like, this is two. how people... And well, I, I have, guess real podcasters, they have the setup. They have the couches. They have their separate Oh, yeah, mics. like a lounge. Yeah. So we're not quite at that level, but we're getting closer huddled around my kitchen table with the echoey cavernous room around us and the <laughs> yeah i'm sitting next to um a uh, uh, baby uh high chair well the great thing about that matthew is that it grows with the child so technically it won't always be a high chair so we could actually remove that plate right now and you'd be able to sit in it as an adult wow that's what it's designed a full full lifetime warranty is there a cushion that goes on it it sort of looks no, it's it's a chair. Not that comfortable. <laughs> You're one of those people who want a fluffy dining chair. Well, no, I'm just thinking if I was a baby <laughs> and I'm just like in hard wood or whatever. You must never have felt a baby's mattress because they are rock hard. I don't know what it is. I agree with you. Well, yeah, because you don't want the baby like suffocating in the mattress. Okay, well, why Isn't would a baby a need a cushioned chair? I don't know. It's like swinging around. <laughs> it's hitting its arms on things. You want a full cushioned chair not even just a seat you want the armrests to be soft so that the flailing baby doesn't I hurt i don't itself. know shelby <laughs> i'm just saying that this chair does not look super yeah. comfy yeah, 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 so yeah, maybe yeah. the child is growing yeah. with it but it's growing with an uncomfortable chair <laughs> well we'll see we're so far in stage one of like four stages it can be in so when Penny is in therapy in a few years and is talking about how she was forced to sit in an uncomfortable wooden high chair. For her whole life. For her whole life because the chair grows with the person. Yeah. And you're like, we paid good money for this, so it's going to college with we you. Did, yeah. You must take it to class. And she's like, I have always just dreamed of sitting on a cushion. Uh, she'll be like Jesus, just carrying the cross up the road. Just has that sad little stoke chair strapped to her back mm, mm. to give to her child is this a is this an expensive next. item it's gauche to talk about money well, i know <laughs> but like i'm not asking the price i'm just saying like in the yeah in it's this... an investment piece. okay okay it's, it's a high-end yeah it's a high-end yeah, high, yeah, uh, yeah. high chair yeah mm. I, it was a gift for our firstborn um so is it ergonomic unclear <laughs> I don't know. I, it's Swedish, so, so do possibly. they care about that? Yeah. I, I so it's IKEA. It's an IKEA no, chair. No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's high end. 
crate and barrel style. Ooh. Swedish. Bougie. It took months to get to us because they were back ordered. But is that also a high chair? No, I'm looking at this other thing. Oh, no. This is a, um, this is like a stand and she can cook with us chair. <laughs> a technical term. Um, it's so that she can be involved in the kitchen and different crafts and hobbies. So she's eye level. I mean, instead of eye level with the counter, she's, she's, she's. So she can practice her knife work. Yeah. Okay. And I have a wooden knife for her, if you were wondering. So much wood. <laughs> so much wood in the That's parenting. the trend. That's the trend. No cushion. I know. Just wood. I know. Um, shall we talk about the movie that we are <laughs> here to podcast about? Yeah, I'm excited about it. This is one that I've had my eye on since I saw the, um, I don't know, 20-foot poster at my theater that just said, plain, and it had Gerard Butler's face. And I was like, yes. And I expected it to be like a campy, funny moment to drag you to as you came here on this one week. Yes. One, one, one week a year we get to see a movie together and I thought this is the one. You know, the last one we saw together was probably Glass, which was very bad, but we had a good time. We did. So that's what I was expecting, but I gotta say, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't... It's very your genre of movie. Okay. Anyone who's listening to the podcast. See, I don't know because you were a huge fan of extraction. You've talked about loving action movies. So this isn't like a monster flick. This isn't like a Yeah, but it's disaster sort of a, it, flick. But it's disaster adjacent, I feel like, <laughs> because it does involve a plane crash. So you're describing the Venn storm. diagram of our interests coalescing to be this film. Okay, we're in the center of our shared Yes, I do think the middle section of the film, because for those of you who are unaware of what (laughs) Plane is about, which I was too, I went into this, I think, not having seen a trailer Uh, for it. I thought it was going to be a Plane hijacking movie. Mm -hmm. Surprise, it's not Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Gerard Butler is a pilot. Mm -hmm. He's Scottish. Yeah. Um, They are flying through a storm. He has to crash land on a... Filipino island. The Jujo. The, the Juno. The, one of the Judo islands, if you will, which we're all familiar with. This one, which I, we didn't, I guess I should maybe have done research on this, of whether the island they land on is supposedly like the government of the Philippines has left it behind. Yeah. They are not interested in it. There's it is run like, completely by warlords. Yeah, like insurrect. In yes. Insurrect. Insurrectionists. <laughs> The January 6th people are all there on the island. Um, they land there on this, like, dirt road. And they're like, oh, Rebels. my gosh, thank goodness we have survived this plane crash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, surprise, it's out of the frying pan into the fire because now the insurrectionists are trying to murder them. The rebels, yeah. The rebels, yes. Yeah. So then they have to survive a, like hostage situation. Gerard Butler has to break out some hostages. Some people get killed. And then they have to try to escape the island with mercenary warlords hired by their airline. (laughs) You can't say warlords. They're mercenaries. Okay, they're not warlords. Well, unclear to me. They have a lot of cash on hand. Yeah, no. It's Um, it's like a paid for military. But so the so the middle <laughs> section of the movie which is like an action film is more in the realm of things that I like. The the like plane crashing sequence I feel like I was kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay. Okay. 
To be fair, I was sitting next to you and I I witnessed your enjoyment of this film. To be fair, you did spill popcorn all over <laughs> no, the no, floor no, as well. No, 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 no. Let the record show I dropped the bag. You spilled the popcorn. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, but no, I think... I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. And yeah. I will say, which I said yesterday in the theater, that the one-two punch of Megan and Plain is really getting us off to a good start this year. Yeah. Where I feel like usually we go months before anything even remotely watchable appears. Yeah. And we're really like two for two because Plain, I think, has like a 70-some, like 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. But the audience score is in the 90s. Oh, yeah. It's like a 95. It's like his highest. Yeah. Gerard Butler's highest audience score ever. And Megan is doing great as well. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's, like, a good time to be a B-list movie, I think. I think it's, like, I was thinking about this with Megan, and it's refreshing to have this sort of renaissance of those mid-range films that aren't, like, they're not, like, so bad it's funny, and they're not also not, like, trying to be award-winning, like, cultural-shifting films. They're Mm -hmm. just, like, you know, the 90s movies we grew up on, whether they be cheesy horror or like action like Air Force One or anything starring Tommy Lee Jones like I feel like that's been a gap we've had like random I I don't know like I was trying to think of some similar comps like obviously Born Identity Extraction those sort of action-y I don't know spy thriller type things I feel like we talked about this recently though of how, like, a lot of the movies that did well last year were kind of the, like, the the big, um, like, the big Marvel movies and stuff didn't do quite as well as they normally do. All of the awards bait movies sort of, like, crashed yeah. and burned. And the ones that did better were, like, Top Gun and Ticket to Paradise and sort of movies that do feel like they would have been better suited for, like, the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are interested in that. I know. Even, good. like, Knives Out, I feel like, is yeah. sort of... Like, people want kind of, like, original, fun... I think they're tired of the franchises. Mm-hmm. They got franchise fatigue. Mm-hmm. But also they want something that's, like... I mean, I love the artsy-type movies, but I think the the audience who was going to watch all the Marvel movies, who now have Marvel fatigue, are looking for something to watch... And, like, Megan and Plane are in that wheelhouse. Yeah. And Ticket to Paradise. Like, they don't want to go see Babylon or, like, The Fablemans. They want something fun. But original. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I think it's, like... And they don't want us to cover the Marvel movies. They're writing in there (laughs) saying, don't go see Ant-Man. They said, please skip it. (laughs) Nobody wants to watch the Quantanini or whatever it's called. Yes, Quantorama. Jonathan Majors. Oh yeah, Jonathan okay. Andrews is in it. So. But the tra- I, I, I watched the trailer yesterday. I think you might have been in the bathroom during it. It did oh. not look good. Well, Jonathan Majors always looks good. I mean, yes, but the <laughs> movie looks bad, and I don't. I'm... Yeah. Anyways, that doesn't matter. We're and here to talk about what's her face an anti vaxxer I don't know. Listen, and she has a bad think... haircut. Now. <laughs> That's true. That is a fact. You know what bothers me? This is irrelevant but what bothers me about the ant-man and the wasp trailer is that the wasp the second titular character doesn't speak in the entire trailer and it irritates me to no end it's like they gave us the ant-man and the wasp as this like pity oh look it's the first woman's like 
woman titled film in Marvel after 10 years or whatever. And I'm sure she'll have a role in this, but it's annoying that it's literally just an Ant-Man movie. That's what people refer to it as. That's what the trailer shows it as. And she's just in the background with a bad haircut saying absolutely nothing in the trailer. Absolutely nothing. And she's on the title card. Look, there's a lot of people in the movie who don't (laughs) speak in trailers. Well, uh, both of his parents got to speak, and his daughter sure has a lot to say. And then Jonathan Majors is over there being like, oh, I'll I'll give you back those five years he lost with her. And and she's just like... Well, well, let's hold judgment (laughs) until the movie and see how she's I know, I'm sure she's in the movie, but it's like, this is a movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's the... That's the... Yes, the title thing card. you've created for this. You're saying that they're equals, that they're both relevant to the story, but then it's just about him and his daughter and whatever he missed out on for five years. Hmm. It's driving me nuts. That's it. I'm sure the movie she'll hopefully have a better role, but it's like, you know, come on. Anyways, the point is Gerard Butler. I have a soft spot for him. I think because I honestly don't know why because. It's not like he's ever been in favorite films of mine. Like, I've known him on the periphery through, like, 300 or it's pa- Phantom it's, of the Opera. It's somehow part of the Shelby paradox, which is that <laughs> she hates white men in films unless they're in a film that's bad <laughs> and involves some sort of, like, action mm. slash general destruction yeah. to his town. Listen, I don't hate all white men. I mean... Hello, look at you. Well, yeah, but I'm gay. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's more that he's uh, harmless Scottish. in a way. He's like, all he wants to do is make movies where he plays usually a family guy, a blue-collar worker who's just like, man, I can't get through this day. And he's like battling people he shouldn't be able to beat, that he has very little reason to be this skilled at beating. But he does it through grit and determination, you know? And he does it without walking over women or making, like, snarky, catty jokes or being sexist or being well, racist. Well, to be fair, there wasn't very many women in this movie. No, it's true. It's true. It might there be There was the flight attendant that got clipped. There was <laughs> the, the flight attendant who made no voiceover. appearance. And and then the other flight attendant. Yeah. Um, also, I did look up Jolo Islands oh, yeah. in Please. the Philippines. And there is a whole section involving kidnappings. So I think this was true to form, that you don't want to go to these islands, I guess. Yeah, I think it was like, that's also what was refreshing about it, because it didn't feel... The realism. The history. Yeah, yeah, the the honesty. The dramaturgical (laughs) elements. I just think you can tell, like, when... Like, watching Jack Reacher, you get the vibes that it's kind of like... What are we doing here? What are we promoting? What are we trying to say? And they're really, that movie like, was promoting flipping. Pittsburgh, I believe, <laughs> mostly. And they're really like trying to be deep, but not pulling it off because you can feel the falseness in every line and every choice. Whereas this is like, okay, Frontier Airlines crashes, and it turns out to be a bad, bad, bad part of the neighborhood. And they just figure it out, right? Like it's not like wait, was it called Frontier? I, that's not no, what the name it's was. not. It's just a it's a low budget airline called like yes. Fly Free or something. Forever <laughs> Flying. It's I want to like say the word straight, track was in it. Yeah, track. Super field, track. Tracker. Super, super race. Tra- <laughs> it was basically. Giants. It was basically a. It was like a frontier. Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Frontier it was a spirit, spirit. air because well because he. 
he had been demoted <laughs> several times. He had been flying for good airlines, and then he had choked out a passenger. It, in in fairness to him, the passenger punched him first and was being abusive to his crew and cabin. So it wasn't like he lost his shit and just like went on a drunk tirade and killed a man. Well, yeah, but he did get demoted. They said several times. We yeah, got the no, video once, but he seems to have some sort of anger management issue. <laughs> well, yeah, I I was trying to find the airline. Now it won't say. It doesn't say it in Wikipedia. Um, but yeah, the first like 30, 40 minutes are just a flight. And honestly, I don't know if you watched Flight, the Denzel Washington like drug addict. No, but I did watch Sully. Oh, you saw Sully. Okay. Yes. It's a similar vibes, but I'm always fascinated by um, plane crash scenes and like how that would feel and the anxiety there. And I thought this movie did a good job of, it was like a laughably empty, empty um, flight. Oh yeah. Can we talk about that? <laughs> well, I think it's because it's a budget airline flying on New Year's Eve at midnight um, going to like Tokyo or whatever it was headed towards. Yeah, it was random people. Yeah, there was a lot of white people heading and, out of Singapore. Yeah, and nobody... Um, yeah, that's also a good point. <laughs> Not a heavy Singapore population flying from Singapore yeah. to Tokyo on yeah, New Year's Eve. Yeah, I think Eve. two of the Asians were the ones who died, so... Oh, yeah, the way the other ones got gunned <laughs> down while the woman, like, just, just started screaming and ran for the... Yeah. I feel like I would be a good hostage. Okay, we... we, we, we You're getting distracted. I'm getting distracted. we got to talk about the airline, yeah, but yeah. I want to come back to how we do as yeah, hostages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, there's only 14 people on the flight. Surprise, surprise, the marshal, the U.S. marshal, is extraditing somebody on the flight. So they're in the back with... It's Luke Cage with his... He's handcuffed. Um, Looking good. And oh, and the co-pilot is Mulan's boyfriend from Mulan. Yeah, he looked good too. Exciting to have Delhi him back. Or something. Um, the the airline looked not great. Um, yeah. But I'm confused with the crash landing because uh, we all learned from Sully, you got to crash land in the water. And I feel like water is is. I one, don't think that's true. One, there's no trees in the water. Yeah. Two, water is like not as it hard. Was, it was. It was. The problem was the ocean was. You know what do you call it? Turbulent. Like I don't was, understand why you wouldn't wavy. crash on the ocean and then just have everyone swim to the land. Not everyone gets strong swimmers. Rather than what? crash. <laughs> than just like head over the trees. They're lucky that they found the road, but they might not have found that. Yeah, no, that's the point. They could have just ran was, into a mountain. He was having to make some decisions, right? And yeah, so they're they're basically like they lose power in the plane. They're struck by lightning. They lose all the power. They can't communicate with anyone. And Which they're, they're also descending. is does that actually happen? I mean, because if that's a thing that can yeah. happen, we need to address that. <laughs> we gotta get some lightning yeah. proof. Because I, I don't want to be on a plane and think, well, the lightning s- snaps us, I'm going to be in the Filipino jungle I fighting know. for my life. I know. I think, yeah, a normal airline wouldn't let you fly through that storm, but a but plot point is that this guy's like boss or whatever is trying to save some money and was like, nah, just fly through it. We don't want you to reroute. We don't want to reroute you and waste the fuel on an empty flight. Mm. So it was like a budgety you know, a mm. uh, oh, man making decisions he didn't fully understand. Yeah. And so then the power goes out and he's trying to figure out what to do. They don't know where they are. They don't know 
how far they can get. They're clearly like, you know, slowly descending as they Also, lose. the U.S. Marshal and one of the flight attendants oh, decided yeah. <laughs> to unbuckle in the middle of the flight. He's like, and so, and so <sighs> both got their necks snapped yeah, on brutal. seats. On, I, will, I will say, if you're flying, you probably don't want wooden seats because they're easier to break your neck on. <laughs> I don't think so just, airlines have one. I know, but I'm saying like it, you don't you don't want a wooden you don't want a wooden seat IKEA that grows with airplane. you. You want cushions. <laughs> um yeah, no, that was silly because number one, your phone's never worth it. Especially if you're crashing to your death. It's like sorry. Especially like, don't do it. when you're on a plane, you don't even have service. Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't thinking clearly and we can't judge someone for an experience we've never been in. But I've been in turbulence. <laughs> he drops his phone, unbuckles the seats, gets out, boom, dead. The flight attendant trying to help him, I don't know. She shouldn't have. She's no. not a freaking doctor. She didn't make, take an oath. I to, mean, like, to be fair, then they didn't have to go through the ordeal of what happened next. So maybe yeah. they were the actually made the better yeah. choice. Yeah. No, that's not. Because then they had. Because then there was the crash landing yeah. on the dirt road. But that's what I want to say. Is I honestly. I hate the ocean. The ocean's terrifying. They don't have, like, a raft. They would just be on their little floating seats, you know, like, hoping that those I think count. I'm pretty sure that the staircase thing comes off. I don't know. Okay. Either way, it was a stormy ocean. They didn't know where they were. If they landed in the middle of the ocean... It wasn't they, that stormy. They didn't know when the last... That's what they said in the movies. He's like, Right, oh. but when they land the plane, it's not raining. Like, two feet away in no, the jungle. No, the ocean was... It wasn't, like, rainstorming, rain it, it was just, just, like, whooshing. Waves. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying that, realistically, they would have been worse off because how would they how would people find them if the airplane sinks and they're just floating on these rafts in the middle of the ocean you know like there's not a visual cue as large as a plane to help these people looking for the plane to find them floating aimlessly through the sea so i would rather try to land on on land it would have been bad if they had to land in the forest but they found the road so Okay. Well, they survived. They survived. Then they're all like hanging out by the side of the road. So that's like actual. Just chilling. Oh, yeah, because they land near like a construction site. There's just like a crane or whatever hanging there Um, or a bulldozer. So they're like, okay. Then it becomes this sort of social commentary on the different, you know, relationships of these uh, people. And the captain realizes, like, the best option is for him to go and look for a phone or something. So he decides to take a hike. And he takes takes the hostage (laughs) with him. Not the hostage. The the, the prisoner. The prisoner. Yes, Luke Cage. (laughs) Um... Who's everybody is not Luke Cage. Well, his... Yeah, but he plays Luke Cage. He plays Luke Cage. Who... I was thinking about this in the movie. Everybody on that flight is so annoying when yeah. they get off. I mean, yeah. they're annoying through the whole thing. And I do feel like there are annoying people in the world. But do you think if you just went through a plane crash, you would be that, like, insufferable? No, I'm glad you brought this up. Because, honestly, I don't find myself deferring to expertise, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm also not, like, this person who expects someone to know something they couldn't possibly know. Like, they're yelling mm-hmm. at him about, like, where are we? And, like, how can we be here? Like, do something more. And it's like, well, we crash-landed. Like, Right. And I also feel like, having watched so many disaster flicks, yes. it's better to just save your energy. And, right. you know, I don't think I would be that obnoxious because it's like, 
he did the best he could. We weren't dead, and now we just have to figure out the next plan. Yeah. So, I think that a lot of people on airplanes would be super annoying. Uh, really annoying. But I feel like if the pilot managed to save the crashing plane and you lived <laughs> through that, yeah. I would be, like, indebted to the pilot. I would be like, yeah. thank you, like... I survived. I'd be grateful for at least, like, a couple of hours before I started getting petty again. Well, to be fair to those passengers, he did, like, randomly leave the cockpit in the middle of the storm to check on them, and I would be like, why aren't you flying? Oh, yeah. I don't think you're even allowed to leave the cockpit. (laughs) So I would have some questions around his um, expertise in storm storm training and uh, disaster scenarios. But I probably still wouldn't take it out on him the way they do. Yeah. they're just like, they're not even like productive about it. They're just annoying. Well, they're not even characters. They're like (laughs) caricatures. Yeah. But not, but I thought they could have leaned more into stereotypes like, like lost, you know, having Mm -hmm. some sort of blonde bimbo who's like, like they were just there as like, Oh yeah. They could have been anyone. Yeah. None of them had any characteristics at all. And the ones who died and the ones who didn't like that, like there was no, I kept sort of waiting for like one of the sort of sidekicks who like had some sort of emotional payoff to die. And that didn't happen. Everybody survived. Yeah. Cause the only people you really care about is the pilot, obviously. And then this like, misunderstood criminal who's who had been on the run for you know 25 years of his life or whatever and was now being brought back to the u.s for a crime he says he didn't fully commit like whatever i don't know mm-hmm. and then the co-pilot who was just so sweet and i honestly was just waiting for him to die and then also the flight attendant there was one flight who attendant, yeah. was doing a lot of work she didn't <laughs> have a lot of lines but she was yeah. working yeah 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 I loved the missing flight attendant. Like, it was just a voice in the background. Yeah, because on the flight at several times, like, like the flight attendant who we see is, like, shouting things at the back of the plane where the other flight attendant is. And she's like, yeah, I'm here, I'm in the seat, blah, blah, blah. But then we never see her. And then she doesn't, like, she doesn't make an appearance really until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for being a flight attendant, she's not doing any of the work, like, post-plane. She's with the rest of the normies. if it was just a situation where they didn't want to pay for someone to have, but but then like some of the some of the passengers had more screen time than her, so it was like oh yeah odd that they didn't give her anything to do, or if it was like they didn't like who they hired, or if it was like well I feel like you if like with the crew you sort of have to either go like the yellow jackets route yeah. and like kill off the crew, yeah. or otherwise they're like required to take some sort of a leadership position, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like their job. I know, but it was... But she it, was, it was not. Her, her absence was felt because we knew she was there. Right. they should have either made her more of a player... Or kill her or off, too. Or killed her, yeah. Because she didn't even die in the shootout. <laughs> she just... She's like, she's like a curly redhead, I think, and she was just like flouncing around in the background of a few shots. Okay, so then <laughs> Luke Cage and... Uh, Gerard Butler yeah. go to investigate what is happening yeah. or try to find a radio. Yeah, they, yeah. They find an abandoned building. They do find a radio, and Ger- Gerard Butler calls the the like help <laughs> the, airline. the airline, and the airline's like, "We've been getting so many prank calls. This probably isn't real. Like, we're not listening to you. What's your badge number?" And he. He's like, oh, I don't have my badge, and I have no idea what my badge <laughs> number is. And she's like, well, sorry, and hangs up on him. No, the, the call drops. Oh, okay. He, like, 
Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Like the, then he calls reason. his daughter yeah. and tells her Jolo region, and yeah. then the bad guys show up and they have to kill them. <laughs> but it was a it was a surprise to have that mercenary like jump out of nowhere. Like, oh I, yeah, that was the one was jump like, scare. Oh damn! And then they were like wrestling and fighting, and that's where like Gerard Butler is like watchable as an action figure because I feel like especially in like Marvel movies they're so edited that you don't really get to see the physicality of a fight how that would actually feel well, and look also like. they're not real people in yeah. most of it they're like visual effects yeah, or yeah. they're on a green screen or whatever yeah. where yeah the, that scene was like there was a scene that was like a one take yeah. and he was just wrestling the guy and they're like on the wall and, yeah. up, and then one of them has a knife and yeah so yeah, you, like, well cut done. to the end, and he's, like, out of breath, and, right. like, a little bit more worse for wear, and yeah. it's, like, it feels a little bit more gritty than your usual, yes. like, super spy or yeah. superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, yeah, they realize they're in trouble. They discover the room where there's, you know, bloody gunshots oh, yeah. of, like... <laughs> of missionaries that oh, they yeah, just murdered. missionaries being killed for not paying ransoms or something. So it's clear that these people... Are, are in bad. danger. Well, and, also, yeah. we've gotten a couple shots of, like, the yeah. mercenary, or the rebels, yeah. or whatever. Um, like, somebody's uncle shows up and is like, hey, there's people at the airstrip, and then they're like, we gotta go get them. So then they're driving yeah. out. Everybody on the plane, when the bad guys arrive, everyone on the plane is excited. Surprise, surprise. It's a bunch of pe- bad people with guns. They kill a couple of them, and they're like, we're bringing you back. Terrifying, we're gonna, honestly. We're gonna lock you in a dog kennel. Watching someone get beheaded. When you're oh, a person yeah. who's going on vacation from, like, Singapore to Tokyo or Hawaii or wherever, mm-hmm. that would just, like, completely destroy me, I think. Like, surviving that. Wait, where, is, Ta- that. where is Taiwan in relation to the Philippines? Could I possibly... Because <laughs> I'm flying from Taiwan to Are you going to be flying Japan, over the Jolo And I'm wondering Islands? if I'm flying over the Jolo Islands. Oh, shoot. Watch that weather count, you know. Knock on the captain's door and be like, I think you should go higher. We need to move the storm. We need to avoid the storm because I watched playing. Oh no, Taiwan is um above the Philippines. Okay, perfect. So I would if if our plane crashes, <laughs> I. Well, what if they divert your plane for for, to for the weather south. and they the Jolo region south. is pretty far away. <laughs> um, I think I could theoretically end up crashing maybe on mm. what island is this? Is this a? I think this is a Korean island. Jeju. <laughs> Jeju, but I assume that's there. better. Yeah. Or I, I guess they could land somewhere in China. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think it was a uniquely bad experience. Obviously, there are a lot of uh, situations with pirating rebels, whatever, where there's an ask for ransom, and then who knows what happens if your family can't pay it. Uh, so it's pretty terrifying to think about. Um. And I don't know if I would have been handling it as calmly as some of these people were. Not calmly, but I think I would have been much more panicked. Mm-hmm. I would have been falling apart, I think. But maybe not. Maybe I'd be more cool under pressure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd make a run for it and then get gunned down. No, I don't think you'd do that. Yeah, but I do also tend to lean towards, like, in a flight fight or freeze I freeze so maybe I would just be like shell shocked and just like I feel like you would not do well in a 
hostage situation because I think you always sort of look slightly annoyed at the person <laughs> at things and I think the hostages would be like go over there and you'd be like yeah. okay and they'd be like who is this like we have a gun and she's like giving us the stank eye the whole time so I, I think, think I think you would get to. pulled out and probably killed you'd be like please uh, can I help you uh, who do you want me to shoot for you, you? wouldn't yeah, I, I would be, try to be more deferential <laughs> Okay, well, I hope that when they kill me, they don't then behead you because of your association. Well, no, you're not running. You might get beheaded. (laughs) Okay. Unclear. Um, We have to, though, talk about the other plot line that's going on at this point, which is the airline (laughs) and their rescue attempts. Uh, Disaster boardroom. Yes. Where'd this plane go? Everyone draft your memos. Wait, because what? Because this would be the middle of the night. Yeah. On if New Year's Depending on where day. they are, yeah. It's sometime in the nighttime. I don't know where headquarters are. I don't remember if they gave us, like, Somewhere a in the U.S., though. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, like, a late night situation. And it's midday in yeah. the Philippines. Yeah. So it's, like, 12 hours difference. Yeah. So it's probably, like, the middle of the night mm-hmm. on New Year's Day. Yeah. They've compiled a war room of people. All of the shots are in one room, which we yeah. love when a, a low-budget movie does that. <laughs> um... A soundstage somewhere for sure, <laughs> and th- but you wanted like pacing hallways and like rushing. I don't know. Traffic. It just didn't look like a real place to me. <laughs> like it looked, and no one was sort of like called in. You know what I mean? Like the they literally start the room with the CEO or whatever, and he's like, "I've called in a friend," and it's the crisis. crisis right? Yes. No. But everybody he's else is there. In. Yeah. If he it, literally walks in, I mean, I don't. I guess I don't know how airlines operate, <laughs> but I can imagine that the like top level airline people yeah. have that time off yeah, because yeah. it's the holidays yeah. and you would have to call them in from wherever they were on vacation. And all mm, of these people just appeared to be in the building rather right, quickly right, right. after this plane crash yeah. took place. Right. And then... I would say, Matt, this feels like nitpicking. No. Well, like no, we're get, no, we're moving, we're moving onto a, onto a, onto a larger point. Oh, okay, okay. Which I think is sort of like funny. Okay. Of the the airline, like they're all in this war room. They, despite the fact that I don't think planes crash very often, and you would think it would be like an unusual occurrence, they seem to, kind of like have a lot of protocol and not be that phased by it. Oh, and that's then, life. And There's, then, like, books on protocol for industries like that. Well, And then they bring in immediately this... The crisis manager. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who knows a lot about the Philippines, mm-hmm. knows a lot about the random islands on the Philippines, has a lot of connections to mercenaries that can easily <laughs> get there in record time. Um, and this airline, this spirit-esque airline... <laughs> is then in negotiations with, like, mercenaries who have access to thousands of dollars in cash, firearms, and are just, like, parachuting in. They're paid for hire military. It's like a freelance military. You could, honestly, you could hire them to do something. Is that real? Yeah, it's like, yeah. What What do they do? Like, what? They're paid for hire military guys. Some of them are in, like, Ukraine right now. Like, they're just, like... They're... Who's paying the ones in Ukraine? I don't know. Do you know this for sure? You're making this up. No, that's a thing that I heard at the beginning of everyone's like, hoorah, save Ukraine, like fight Russia thing. 
But people were just like, I feel bad for Ukraine. I'm hiring this private military to go over there and fight some <laughs> yeah, battles. Yeah, the Kardashians were like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That's, um, for the record, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> but listen. But Jeff Bezos did. There, hey. I feel like this was in... Was it? No, I don't want to say that because it could be very wrong. But I I know for a fact that mercenaries are a real, like it's a real industry. I don't know the mechanics of how exactly that's funded and who like is doing it. But it is in situations like this where it's like you obviously can't get Congress together to send a military over or whatever. So there's like random people for hire, usually ex-military, who then go and do these sort of extractions or I don't know join the forces of some whatever maybe and airlines are buying and them. airlines are buying them well the thing that you have to remember Matthew is that the president fits the um, oh Olivia yes Pope's yes lover, Olivia Pope's lover the crisis who is the, the crisis, crisis negotiator he's the one with connections so yes. how he has them what he does to keep them that's not right. related to Spirit Airlines per se. But Spirit Airlines does yes. have him on speed dial. Yes, yeah. What else are they using <laughs> him for? Well, that's the thing with the contractors is they have many different relationships, many many pots on the stove all at once. So it's not like he's waiting only for Spirit. It just happened that right. No, but like why? But like, what is Spirit been doing <laughs> that they need him on contract? Because like, every single do they industry have a lot like of, this would have a backup plan on a backup plan for things like this. Okay, if you have ever worked for an airline, anybody listening, please call in and tell us if you know anything about... <laughs> it wouldn't be about, like your average right, but Joe we don't know who is listening to all these people okay, who are yeah, supposedly yeah. clamoring yeah, for us to continue right. after you move right. to California and screw up the tie zone. at an airline, yes. let us know what your plan of action is for... And if you have mercenaries <laughs> or help mercenary connectors <laughs> on your payroll honestly though they do address this in the film where it's like i don't know if we want to do this and he's like wouldn't it be worse if you didn't do it and it's like clearly they are running the numbers where they can't be associated with the airline that let 14 people be murdered probably on youtube you know like mm -hmm. they had to they were willing to bankrupt themselves probably to spend money to get them back <coughs> bless you oh my gosh so i feel like even spirit would realize like the answer cannot be like oh well we don't have the money you know I, see i don't think so because <laughs> i think that when i'm thinking about an airline yes i yes if i had a, heard a story that was like oh this plane crashed and they these people were like dragged off in the jungle and they were murdered I, the thing that I would think about with the airline was, would be the plane crash. If the plane from the airline is crashed, I'm not signing up for that airline, whether or not they got the people off the whatever. Well, but it's like, I think that they would be rescued in some form financially. Like, I don't think it's a good gamble to be like, oh, well, we're just going to wash our hands of this because they're a company that depends on, you know, whether the goodwill of people willing to like I guess and it's like the Malaysia flight that disappeared like I don't know how rich that airline was but I remember that search going forever and ever and like trying to figure it out you know right well that's because we didn't know where they were so they could have been anywhere well they didn't know where they were for most of the movie and then they found them and then it was like well, oh yeah. well we got they were in the Jolo region <laughs> okay anyways moving on where were we in the actual plot so oh. the people get most everyone 
a couple people are killed and then everyone else is carted off to do these sort of like um they they're taken for what is yeah they're like hostage hostages ransom ransom yeah, they're being held for ransom and so gerard butler witnesses this and you know he's a pilot he's responsible for his passengers Yes. And he decides he's that lucky gonna... <laughs> Luke Cage was there because Luke Cage knew what was going on and Gerard Butler was fine but not great. Gerard Butler had the idea, had the idea, and Luke Cage carried out the plan. You know, big picture guy. And why did Luke Cage care? Well, he had a line in the middle of the movie that's like, sometimes redemption comes in the strangest ways or something. And so I think it was one, he's actually a good guy and we were mm. wrong to judge mm-hmm. him. But two, he recognized that he wanted to be more like Gerard Butler's character and care about people for the first time in his life. Mm -hmm. And so how does he prove that? By slitting people's throats and hammering them to death. Oh, yeah, he finds a sledgehammer. (laughs) That was a good good moment. Oh, boy. Um, Then, yeah, then they run into town. They're killing people. Yeah. They get everybody on this ramshackle-looking bus. Yeah. And they're like, shit, we need a diversion. And so Gerard Butler decides he's going to be the diversion. Good man. He almost dies while the yeah. bus is, you know, getting ready to go. And But then he does it because the private spirit air mercenaries <laughs> come in and they're also killing people. Yes. Yes, they are. They go trigger happy on mm-hmm. this on this village on the filipino yeah uh warlords no real context for who gave them permission or what the you know uh legality of that is but they went for yeah, it spirit it was air, giving benghazi you know is, it's like is spirit air responsible for the deaths of the i don't know the the because i feel like spirit details. air could be sued by the warlord okay, family for murders Google, the warlord <laughs> families are gonna sue them what I There's don't, no government to sue them under. Well, no, I don't like, know. I'm just saying. Who if, would they would take you, their court would you, case to? Would you be more or less likely to fly on an airline if you knew that they were hiring mercenaries to, like, <laughs> brutally murder people who had kidnapped their their uh, passengers? Uh, I don't know if that's a I've good thing or a bad thing. I've seen this in so many movies and stuff. Okay, mercenary... Uh, for that joins a military conflict for personal profit. Can you can, um, can we buy one? Look it up. <laughs> yeah. How much do they cost? How much I does a mercenary know. cost? Um. So then they they Private get they all armies. get on the bus. Okay. Uh, oh, look. Five hundred mercenaries were hired by Russia. I don't know, man. It's like a thing. Well, I know the bad people hire mercenaries. <laughs> I didn't realize you could hire them as a... I didn't realize they were well, good mercenaries. Well, isn't that interesting to, to think about who decides who's a good and bad <laughs> and who's hiring who for Who what lives, reasons. who dies, who tells your story, yeah, I believe is the I'm question. I'm 100% confident that we have... Uh, many a people have hired mercenaries and they thought they were doing it for good reasons. Um... But uh, a mercenary is like a task rabbit, but it's yeah for exactly. It's for the dirty they get on the bus. I don't. They get on the bus. <laughs> they are. They then go back to the runway or the road, I guess, that the mm-hmm. plane is on. Mm-hmm. And this is where the plane aspect comes back in because I was sort of like, why is this movie just called Plane mm-hmm. when the plane just crashes? They could have called plane. it Plane Crash or you know something. What's like funny that. is that it was originally pitched as the plane, which makes sense to me plane is such a strange title the plane yeah it was the plane which is like oh yeah that makes sense because it's the plane and we go back to the plane 
I guess. But now it's just called plain. Plain. I did have a second where I was like, what if plain isn't the plain? And what if plain is like a plain of land? <laughs> but then I couldn't remember if that was spelled differently or not. Because like plain bagel is spelled differently, but I didn't yeah. know if like a... Like no, a, I think you're right. It's a plain... But I don't know if contextually that would make sense in this in this vista. No, but I was wondering if they were going to yeah. try to like sneak attack us, you know, mm, or whatever. Mm. Like it had multiple meanings. No, it, did you ever see the movie Flight of the Phoenix with uh, Dennis Quaid? It's like no. in two thousands. Classic. They crash land, and then they're trusting this guy to rebuild the plane. And then in the final hour, you realize the guy isn't actually an engineer. He's just someone who does toy planes. Like, he just builds model airplanes, and they're like, we've trusted you, we've been doing all this for you, and you've never even built an actual plane, and it's like this huge fight, but then, as they're like trying to decide what to do next, He's Santa. there's, no, there's a group of threatening looking sand people, <laughs> and they're gonna storm and kill them all, so they have to get on the plane and hope for the best. And it's the same situation where they're being, like, shot at and, like, chased down this, like, sandy, because they're, like, in the desert or something. And then they have to take off in this plane and just hope that the that toy maker's plane knew how to do it. And it works. They got Is out. Dennis Quaid the toy maker? No, he's the pilot. Oh, okay. Who's the toy maker? <sighs> he's, like, recognizable, but I don't know his name. I'm looking this up. Yeah, Flight of the Phoenix. Flight of the Phoenix. Okay. Um, but anyways, that was the vibe I was getting because, yeah, they kind of rush back to the plane and the mercenaries are talking to the uh, Olivia Pope's husband and they're like, you're not going to like our plan. And it's like, we're going to fly the plane. And and the Frontier Airlines guy is like, you can't fly that plane. I, 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 I don't think I can be liable for anything that happens on there that plane. There was a version of this that came out in 1965. Oh, yeah, it was a remake, but it was I've never seen the original. But it was a good time. That's the vibe that this movie gave me. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> it's honestly like, I've probably rewatched it more than once. Oh, they crash in the Sahara. Yeah. yeah wait, no, odd. this is the, okay, wait, no, not, I'm finally on the remake like, version. Yeah, yeah, he, he's probably like second or third build, I don't know. Cast, let's see. Giovanni Ribisi? Tyrese Gibson is the toy maker a black person or no? A white it's person? a white guy with like sandy blonde hair. Is it this guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, he's Italian. He's been in weird stuff. I like know him in. Weird um, stuff. so then they get to the crash land, or they get to the crash landing spot. For some reason or another, the mercant or the warlords take a little while to get there. They're, they have to go wake up everyone on the island. They've just been Oh, massacred. yeah, that's right. That's true. They have to they, go find their everybody main, else. Their main, you know, group of people had just been murdered by them in the And streets. Gerard Butler is like, wait, I think we can get the plane back <laughs> up and running. Yeah, so he has to do a quick flight pre-check. Right. And checking the wheels. Yeah, he's like looking sure at the, the wings, sort of like knocking on things. <laughs> then the mercenary, or then the... Warlords come, everyone's shooting at each other, they're trying to take the plane off, the mercenaries have a rocket launcher, mm -hmm. that's a fun bit. Also, the, the, well, no, the mercenaries have a crazy gun that can shoot right through a car, yeah, which was like honestly fun to yeah. watch, and then they sort of stopped using that after a I while, and I was ran like... Out of bullets, you know? I don't know. I would have brought... And it was too heavy a gun to carry onto the plane, and by that point, they were all, like, rushing Yeah, up. scrambling up the back yeah. stairs. And yeah. then, 
Yeah, and so and then the plane. Gerard gets shot. No, oh yes, once, he does. Twice. Oh yeah, and then they're and then they finally take off, and they barely get over a mountain, which was giving me Top Gun flashbacks. And then surprise, they have to land again. Yeah. yeah again, they're not landing in the water. They're land, and they find some other island in the Philippines. It's not taken over by warlords. Yeah. And they land there. Yeah. And that's the end. Yeah. Everyone gets off, and he's just abandoned with two gunshot wounds as he contemplates life and sits on the plane steps and calls his daughter. Yeah. Pull back. What do we see? Plane. plane. <laughs> and that's it. And that's the end. It was great. I honestly, I I think I saw like a New York Times review of it that I liked. That was like. What was it? What did they say? They said, um, they said not it's horrible. a January release that can be recommended on the grounds that it's not even close to awful. And that's how I feel, you know? Usually you're scrambling to find something to like these times, and it's dumpuary, and it's kind of like whatever goes. But this was, like, fun. And if they just announced that they were doing a sequel, I'd be down, you know? The director has directed nothing I've ever seen. He's apparently French. It's a very low-budget film. It was, like, written by a writer who sold the story, and then they picked up another screenwriter to kind of clean it up. And it was, like, originally sold to Lionsgate in 2015, and then they lost it ahead of COVID, but then got it back after COVID, so they did the shoot. And um, now we have it. You know, it's already earned back, like, half of its budget, so... I could see another sequel to this, although... It would have to be another plane crash, I feel. I know. And what's the likelihood that Gerard Butler crashes a second plane? <laughs> yeah. I think he does have a sequel coming out to Greenland, which was his other successful uh-huh. film over the last couple of years. Um, and this one, I think it'd be hard to justify why this guy would keep getting in Wait, this stitch situation. Unless, hear me out. Okay. He doesn't crash the plane. Somebody else crashes <gasps> oh, yeah. the plane. And he's sort of like nearby or whatever and they're like hey go help or i think it should be plane train and automobile so the second film will take place on a train that crashes yeah maybe terrorists are involved (laughs) (laughs) okay i mean i saw the what the taking the pelham one two oh yeah what wait what was the movie where the train was like the break where it's like the train the brakes don't work and it's like just like going and going and going and to figure yeah, out how isn't to stop the train. Train to train to one two three. No, New York train. No, that that's a train that gets ki- that get they where they're no they that's thirteen hostage. seventeen to Yuma or whatever. No, okay, wait, <laughs> I'm looking this up. Because it oh oh yeah yeah train that, that, you're movie. right the train to Pelham is like a bank robbery or something. Well, it's also set in New York because yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. subway. This but is then an there's unstoppable. The Denzel, yeah, That's the what Denzel I'm Washington. Denzel and Chris Pine. Wow. Oh, yeah. I did see that. I could not have told you that either of those people were. I knew Denzel was. It was Oscar nominated for best sound editing. Oh, yeah, I'd believe it. You know, it was impressive set pieces, similar to this. You find an abandoned building and you it make it work. It made a decent amount of money. Also, it was only 98 minutes long. I'm surprised they haven't made a sequel to this. Well, because I think that's also what we need to return to, is that not everything needs a sequel. Mm. And I would rather just see these people come up with a new film, a new story idea, rather than regurgitate something like, you know, it's like Crash. It's like, or no, it's like um, Speed. Speed works one time, but you do Speed too, and it just doesn't make any sense. I didn't see Speed. Um... 
<laughs> you don't know what it is? I have no idea. Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. It's a race stuck car on a movie? Bus. They're stuck on a bus? The bus has been, has been you know, um, sabotaged so that if it goes below 50 miles per hour, it'll blow up. It's like being held hostage by this guy. So they have to keep the bus on the highway? They have to keep the bus going. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. They, they're just... Speeding. Did they make a sequel? Yeah, they made Speed 2, where Sandra Bullock is like on a cruise ship or something. And they have to keep the cruise ship something going? Something about speed? that, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole wow. thing. Wow, wow. There might even be a Speed 3, but I don't think she was in it. Hmm. Speed was a well-received film, is my point. The audience loved it. The critics were okay with it. So what did they do? They made Speed 2, and that was a disaster of a film. I'm looking at myself. But for every Speed, you do have Die Hard, which Die Hard 2 through 7 or whatever, mm, middling, but they're there. They so are. this could be that. Speed, Speed, the original, won, well, it was the fifth highest grossing film of 1994, and yeah, it won two huge. Academy Awards for Best Sound Effects Editing and Best Sound back when they had two. There was a second speed called Speed, speed two. 2 Cruise Control. Yeah. yeah. Which uh let's see how that one did. It did oh, make wow. it did make its money back. <laughs> um do, 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 as I look for the receptions. Ah, it has a four yeah. percent on Rotten Tomato. Uh Speed Two falls far short of its predecessor, thanks to laughable dialogue, thin characterization, unsurprisingly familiar plot devices, and action sequences that fail to generate any excitement. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not what we want for Gerard. We don't want that for plane. I like this little little pocket of pleasant surprisedness. Potential sequel in January 2020, Jean de Bon, was who stated during the in, an interview with Collider, said that a third speed film could happen. <laughs> it could. Wanting the cast from the original <laughs> film to return for the next installment. Yeah. Were they both in Speed Two? No. Keanu and Keanu did not come back. Oh, but Willem Dafoe was in it. Yeah. So what the. Sp- I'm confused as to what happened. Cruise Control tells the story of Annie and Alex, a couple who go on vacation to the Caribbean aboard a luxury cruise ship, which is hijacked by a villain named Geiger. As they are trapped aboard the ship, Annie and Alex work with the ship's first officer to try to stop it after they discover it is programmed to crash into an oil tanker. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so uh, just a little twist. little twist on the original. So, but this seems like they were, well, maybe not planes, trains, and automobiles, because this was a bus and a ship, but... Yeah, yeah, they were getting there, and they were working their way up. <laughs> Could use this. Um, any other thoughts? Final thoughts on plane? No, um, just that I I wish the best for Gerard Butler as an unproblematic uh, king, so... Missing is coming out next week. Oh, yeah. Do you think we'll go three for three on good... Movies. Wait, Missing? I honestly haven't heard anything about Missing. I haven't even seen a trailer. It's got a 77% currently on Rotten Tomatoes, based on 30 reviews. Hey, right up there with Plane. It has... It's, um, uh... It's, uh... What's her face? Uh, Wrinkle in Time Girl. Mmm. Nice. Is the lead actor. Also, Nia Long is in it. Interesting. Okay. I'll have to see it. Well... Another one in person? 
Yes, we can see it this weekend. I'm upset that 80 for Brady doesn't come out this weekend because I would have loved to see that, but alas. Well, you can talk about it in our year predictions that'll come out after that. (laughs) Exciting stuff. Yes. Well, I think it might be out by then. I'm not sure. But okay, well, this was lovely, Shelby. Glad we got to do this in person. (laughs) Um, This will probably be our last one since the podcast (laughs) is famously ending this summer. Um, Yeah. Anything yeah. else? No, that's it. No? Okay, we'll be back next week to talk about missing. I think we'll have a pop culture roundup. Fingers crossed. Because I'll be back in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah, see you guys then. Bye. <laughs>